Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Buenos tardes, mi amigo. Hola, my good friends. Cinco de mayo's on Tuesday. And I hope we'd see each other again. Hello, 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 hello. It is the Mikey Likes You podcast. How is everyone doing? I hope you're doing fantastic. I am Michael D. Catherwood, your host. I invented red hair. I am a certified personal trainer. I trained... uh, Jim Kelly, the martial artist, not the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. And I also uh, developed nuclear fission. So obviously I am qualified to talk to you guys today. Um, I, I am really excited about this episode. And I listen, I know you guys are probably tired of hearing me say that because I say it about every episode pretty much. But I usually, I don't want to say usually, I I do mean it every time because every time I do an episode, I try my best to make it about something that's important to me. Either it's important to me because I have a guest that I know and care about or I have a guest that is super informative and was highly interesting to me, so I feel like it will be that way to you, or I cover stuff that I know was really crucial for me to find my way, and therefore I hope to impart that message to you. So I don't typically record an episode where I don't feel confident or happy or excited about it. But today's a really, really, I kind of deviate from the norm here because I have on my friend Jason Ellis of The Jason Ellis Show, uh, professional skateboarder, MMA fighter, and radio host extraordinaire. Um, for those of you who don't know, he recently lost his job in a rather shocking fashion at SiriusXM. The wildly popular Jason Ellis show is no longer. What is he going to do next? Everyone wants to know because he is that good alongside his co-hosts, Kevin Kraft and Michael Tully, They make some of the best radio on the planet. And I I really mean that. That's not uh, exaggeration. Um, But Jason also has lived an extraordinary life. And we kind of dive into that. On top of finding out what is next for Jason Ellis professionally, we get a little insight into what makes this man tick. And he is anything but ordinary. He is an exceptional guy and a man that I care for very, very deeply. Um, he's one of my most trusted friends, and and I'm, I'm I don't say that um, to promote this episode. I say that because I I genuinely mean it. Um, I trust Jason so thoroughly, and he is such a sensitive and caring man. On top of being a fucking lunatic, um, but I, I I like Jason very much professionally, personally. And uh, I have a lot of respect for the, for the gentleman, and I'm excited for his next step. But Jason's dealt with physical abuse, emotional abuse, addiction, um, sexual abuse, 
sexual identity, um, internal crisis over his sexual identity. And um, he's been very brave in how he's dealt with all of it. And uh, so we talk about that, and I think it can be really helpful and insightful for for a lot of, of, of the listeners. But first, speaking of friends of mine, my friends at Bet Online, they have your back this NFL season, and it is in full swing, my friends. You might not be out of the game this year. I guarantee you're not, frankly. Uh, but you can still be in on the action thanks to Bet Online. I have actually enjoyed this NFL season. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like things are a little bit more strategic and slow paced because there's no crowd or if there is a crowd it's 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 a small one i honestly feel like the game has become a little bit slower paced and strategic uh and i i find it more enjoyable but if you're gonna watch nfl frankly any sport that's going on right now you gotta head over to betonline.ag they got game spreads totals teams players coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online and there is always the online casino as well let me tell you it never closes so head on to bet head on over to betonline.ag today take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses again that's betonline.ag sign up today bet online your online sports book experts without further ado Ladies and gentlemen, one of the most talented broadcasters on this planet, the one, the only, Jason Ellis. Hello, Jason. How are you? Hello, Mike. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, before we get into talking about the the recent incident, you know, which what I think will probably go down as one of the more important um, experiences in your whole life, um, let's just get into like who you are outside of, you know, you were a professional skateboarder. You were one of the best in the world at a time. And and you were certainly the best in Australia for a good, good amount of time. And you got to an age and you got to a point in your life where you realized that wasn't going to pay the bills anymore. What was going through your head? Like realistically before you found radio, before that became a reality, Take me back to the days when you had made that decision. Like you would come to the realization where you couldn't lie to yourself and you're like, I'm not going to be a professional skateboarder anymore. Wow. I mean, I don't think I even really said to myself, like, this is it. You are not a professional skateboarder anymore. I feel like to really let go of that was many years past the fact before people thought, that I had retired people thought that I retired many years before I let go of it. Cause I really couldn't let go of that. That was really a tough thing to even, it's kind of like being molested, man. I just like am very good at pushing it aside and thinking about something else. And I felt like not being a pro skateboarder anymore. I knew, I mean, you know, when you real like, I thought I could be the best dude. And then I realized there were like five or six guys that I wasn't going to be, you know, like that yeah. was the, that was the, and then from then there's, you know, then now you're on the defeat trail. You're getting, you're getting whooped everywhere. And then t- father time's coming. So I knew all that was coming. You know, I knew vert wasn't popular. So there wasn't even like a, you can't coast on like your t-shirt or your pants. Like I had to win contests and that was something that I wasn't even really that into. I didn't want to do that kind of stuff. So I just thought, 
um, that I would pack T-shirts. That's what I remember thinking. I, I, I was like, it'd be really cool if I could make it to team manager and then I could go on the road with everybody and we could party right. still. Because <laughs> I remember there were many team managers, that, t- team managers in my day that they just fucking partied, dude. Like that was, they stayed up with us all night and made sure we all got wasted and got home. But they they were partiers. Like they right. could they could drink and wake up without any sleep and get us on the on the train or whatever it was. Like that, there was never, it was very rare that I had a team manager that was like, okay, Jason, like, I don't want you to smoke any weed. There was a couple, but it was usually just like, fuck yeah, man. Like, you mean? And, and that was my team manager. So it's like, it's at K rock. I met so many tour managers <laughs> who were rock stars that just couldn't make it. Like they were just this close. And they're, they're like, how can I live the lifestyle if I can't play the guitar anymore? Ah, yeah. I'm, I'm I couldn't think of any other job. I also thought that there was little chance of that happening. Cause I remember at the time I couldn't like purchase my own, airplane tickets and shit so how was i gonna purchase the team's tickets so i really sort of thought that i'd be packing boxes you know and you know it was kind of by just circumstances right because you were you were genuinely close with tony hawk yeah. and he had his serious xm radio show and he's thinking to himself probably who do i know that's funny and charismatic and your name came up because i mean look i even before the jason ellis show I have to go to X Games and cover it and stuff like that. Like you were always the guy with the little Britney Spears mic, that right. could key or the, the Tony Hawk, like the uh, the Huck Boom Huck or whatever it was called, the Huck Huck Jammer. Yeah, I was you already were always that guy. I was already on my way out. I'd already gone back to Australia because Tuss was telling people that I was gay, and I moved back to Australia and started smoking heroin. Like I, that when I came back with the microphone thing, yeah. that was when ESPN hired me and then DC paid me. And then I got, cause I was working for ESPN. I got in the bus. They didn't pick me for the bus. It was just the first time I was on there. I think, you know, I mean, Tony mainly was like, fuck, he's a good thing to have on there. And they just kept me on there. And that, I think once that tour started, Tony and I kind of, I mean, I, I didn't mean it. It was just accidental. Like we found each other to be very entertaining. I remember thinking how weird it was. Like, you know, him and I were like you and I did. We talk and we'll fucking laugh about something's childish and, you know, and I'm like, Oh, you know, he's a good guy. I like that guy. That's what kind of happened with Tony. And then I think they just sort of, kept me on there and then tony sort of had my back from here on out i don't know if it's got anything to do with it but at one point when his wife broke up when they broke up and then my friend dated her and i fucking flipped on him like hard i don't know if maybe he thought because i don't know if everybody else had his back like that you know i think some people were like oh fuck him he's rich or whatever and i was just like all the shit that he's done for us how dare you? Know, it's like a soldier. Like I would never fuck a soldier's wife. You know what I mean? Like I'd be like, Oh my God, like he deserves so much more than this. And that's how I felt about Tony. And maybe that had something to do with it. Cause I really do respect him as a man, but also what he's done for skateboarding. I think maybe he, maybe he respects that. I respect that. I don't know, but we are. I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's a, a piece of that where he, you know, I, probably about, I don't know, 15 to 20 years ago, he passed a point where he was 
a famous skateboarder. He was Tony Hawk. He transcended into this crazy celebrity thing. So he started probably developing a lot of people that he was surrounded by where he could pretty easily tell that they weren't that interested in his well-being. They just wanted to be a part of the thing. And so he he saw that in you that you were the, the authenticity. I also think that people don't realize this, but like his 50th birthday, there were several people that got up on stage and kind of said a thing that was similar to something I would have said if I had got on stage. You know, the guy has always helped me out. Yeah. And and there's like, there's fucking several of us, big, big guys in the community too that are very successful to this day that attribute Tony to helping them with all that, you know, like work ethic, connections, talking to people, what would be a smart transition, all this stuff. He's, he's always sort of, he's been there. So we sort of copy him, you know, and, and he, if he's like, Hey man, don't do that. Trust me. We know that it's, uh, it's only for our best interests. He's really kind of for the, for the, the people that have paid the rent in skateboarding, he's for them, you know? Right. Like he would have, if you had to fight in the parking lot and you skate, Tony will fight with you. That's good to hear. It, it really is. And like, so, I mean, it, it really seems like that's true, especially looking at like your progression, because, you know, you think I'm going to hopefully be a tour manager or, you know, or box up merch. <laughs> and he has Demolition Radio on, on Sirius. And he's like, well, I'll bring this guy on. And you come on and you're immediately like a, a riveting guy to listen to. Um, and then that snowballs and then it gets to the point where they're like, well, you should just give him his own show. Yeah. At what point did you, because this is one thing that I've noticed about you is that, uh, and this is a, a huge asset for you, but it also can, can cause you problems is that you are very deflated when you figure out like you can't be the best, the absolute best in the world. And I'm sure you just described that happening in skateboarding where it's like, there were four or five guys that were just better than me and I wasn't going to beat them. Yeah. But you were still the sixth best guy in the entire world. And most people would be like, I'm going to keep cracking you. It hurt that you couldn't be the fucking best. Cause you have a burning, burning passion. And like, at what point, cause I know it happened. At what point did you go, okay, I'm, now I'm going to be fucking Howard Stern. Now I'm going to be the best that there is in radio. Um, I mean, a little. the first show that I did with Tony, the way that everybody reacted around me, I knew I had something right there because I didn't even know. It was such a weird thing to experience these people that, first of all, when you're doing something on radio that's good, everybody around you can't notify you of that they're not allowed to like start talking over the top of the conversation right i could just tell the room was freaking out on what i was saying and it was like the bosses of sirius xm that i don't know it was some new york corporate guy who was like and going what and, and like leaning over and saying something to will and you know i mean people i could tell it was a buzz you know like and then we go to break and and they're like wow uh i mean jason feel free to kind of you know, like keep going with what, with, with that. And then I think, you know, I remember thinking right there and then I was like, wait a minute, are we talking natural talent here? Yeah. For the first time ever in my life, are we talking about, I found something that I'm naturally talented at because skateboarding is not, I mean, you know, dude, I'm not naturally talented at it. There was, there's no story where, 
you know, I mean, I got a hold of it and all my friends were like, look at this. And I was like, wow, look at me. And I'm just like some fucking genius. I sucked like more than I should have actually for my body shape. I was a, I wasn't out of shape. I was a in shape kid and I couldn't skate as good as my fat friend. So that tells me that there's, that's not a good sign, <laughs> but I had moto background and I had a fearless mentality from my father because I'd been, you know, I mean, we, without knowing it, I'd seen maniacs, intoxicated maniacs from my early years, uh, his friends and himself, to the point where I don't even see them as intoxicated. I see them as that's what you do when you become a man. You put your life on the line and then you laugh about it. That's okay. what you do. So um, I just wanted to make my dad proud. I just wanted to be. You know, I, uh, the, the contest in me, watching everybody compete against each other, I just wanted to win. I, fi- I figured if I won, then I'd be loved, you know? Right. Simple as that. And that was my gate. My, my key, yeah, I was, you know, same as skateboarding. It was my key. You know, my, I didn't like Australia. I didn't like the way they were doing everything. America was this crazy land of of freedom. Like you could just do, you know, and there was sun and blonde-headed girls with fluorescent bikinis in the movies and Hollywood and everybody loves everybody. And you can do everything. Tony Hawk did an air walk in America. Like I was just like, this place is fucking unreal. You know, it was like Disneyland, but the whole, according to me, cause I didn't know about Nebraska or anything. I just right. knew not to shit on Nebraska. I'm just saying for me, what I was looking for was California, you know, like right. Tony Hawk surf chick, Fucking, you know, I mean, this that, and you and you and you really had it. And then there was all these people that, to me, were celebrities. And apparently, from what I heard in Australia, is you all live near each other. Oh yes. So it's just a sea of legends in a magical skateboard land. Like that's what I thought it was like. So to get here, and then for them to accept me, it was just like. Uh, Still, it's still easily the greatest thing that has ever happened to me in my life. Like when I was 17 and I came to America, it was the greatest thing that's ever happened to me in my life. That's it. It's a beautiful story. And it's totally, totally true. I don't know about all um, people outside of the States, but I distinctly remember in 2000 going to Sydney and a bunch of like, like locals, they they were no me by no means like, like crusty or angry. They were cool, but they, I was at a bar drinking with them and, um, and they're like, where are you from? I'm like, oh, you know, L.A. And so they're like, what's Snoop like, mate? And I'm like, yeah, I don't right. know him. And they're like, hey, tell me about George Clooney, dog. And I'm like, I, I it can't be relived. Him. Like, in the last, we're the last people of that can be in in that much shock from witnessing something because you're so, you get to see so, like, before you idolize somebody, if you like somebody now, you've seen them brush their fucking teeth in the morning. Like, yeah. At one point, Tony Hawk was a dude that I had heard about. You couldn't see a fucking photo of him, dude. Like, and we're not talking about, I'm not fucking 70. It wasn't Vietnam. Like, you could, there was no, like, later on, I got a skateboard magazine from America, like a Thrasher magazine. And I'm like, fuck. But I'd been skating for like five years before I saw that magazine. Right. You know, there's a, there's like, there's a lot of value to that. And I don't know how long it'll be before like anthropologists or sociologists can go back and look at that. But you, when you and I were kids, like you said, it wasn't, we're not talking about the sixties. I mean, this was 20 years ago. I, 
I thought of like Trent Reznor or Chris Cornell as like a mythical figure because yeah. I didn't have Instagram and I didn't see their life. I didn't get to peep. Now, like Drake, you just like he, his whole life is there. Or he just made me realize there's kids that there's kids that think that Drake's godlike. Yeah. So it's still, I think it's just how you. I mean, I can tell by even just bringing up Drake when he talks, I can tell he's somebody that has been awestruck by a gifted human being, and that is that is like that is a gift to that individual. When you see somebody do something that is that triggers you and lights you up so much that you're like, "Oh my fucking god, this girl or guy is the most entertaining." I want to be like him. I want to be like her. Whatever it is, you've 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 you turn on a spark that is like, it's an, it makes you an inspirational human being to think that, you know, somebody who like Michael Jordan or somebody is so amazing for what they did. I want to be like that when I grow up and I'm going to, what does it take? And, and when you're so switched on by what they did, it's almost like you've gone crazy, but well, some normal people would call it crazy. I would call you've become a passionate person now. And, and when you've passion, you can become Michael Jordan or, you know, some asshole like that close to. I remember the first time I saw Peter North drop loads and I said, that's, I'm so inspired by that bravura performance. I, <laughs> I need to, <laughs> um, how's that well, going? I mean, you're totally right. I mean, that or? The inspired person becomes inspired. You know, it, it, it's totally true. But so you, you you then, you get to the point where the Jason Ellis show is clearly, it's a real thing. And like, that's kind of when I started to be, come onto your radars. I, I, uh, I was a listener and I was like, this guy has it, you know, because what a lot of people don't understand, I don't think they ever could understand. It's like fighting. It, there's, you could be a passionate, passionate fan, but if you've never fought, you don't really understand. You could love radio, listen all, all the live long day, but until you do it and like know the business, there's certain things that you recognize and sense. And, and there's plenty of funny men and women, and there's plenty of like crazy and interesting men and women, but it's different to have a specific talent to be able to have normal, natural conversations and be really interesting and entertaining. And when I listened to you, I was like, well, this guy, he's got it. He's just like a gifted person. And like, I'm sure that you had already had that like inspiration, like you said, where you saw some, you saw Stern or ONA or someone and you said, I Stern, straight up. That's it. Yeah. Stern. I think for, for most people, you know, Stern and I, for me, it was, it was definitely Stern growing up, but then uh, Corolla too, you know, where I saw he was just so composed and so in control and so smart, no matter who the guest was, you know. Um, and then you got you got the itch, and you're like burning. At, at what did it, did it ever come become a point where you cared about it so much that you were incapable of even seeing other things in your life, important things? Oh fuck life? it, yeah. fuck it, <laughs> yeah, embarrassingly, yeah. No, I, I've. That's why uh, you know I talked to Christian Hand the other day when we're cool with each other. Cause you know, you sent me some big email after I got fired, kind of like, you know, now you know what it's like kind of shit. And, you know, I was like, I'm sorry for the things that happened to you. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I'm sorry for the way that I treated you. You know, I didn't say anything about how he treated me. I'm past, 
this way of life. Like I don't want to think that way anymore. It's like the things that I have made mistakes in, I want to apologize for them. And I don't care if you apologize. You don't fucking owe me shit. Nobody does. And when I feel like, when I think that way, it makes me uh, feel like there's a chance to enjoy my life a lot more because I think I got a lot carried away. At first it was be bigger than anybody and get as rich as possible because if you get rich, then that's very successful. And then you can tell all the people that said you were stupid, oh, yeah, well, then how come I have a Lamborghini? So right. I, that's, I mean, it was more of a fuck you and it was more, you know, pretty basic Still, my brain had really not woken up. It's a weird thing to say, but I don't think my brain woke up until... I'm a baby brain. I've used only little parts of it because I've done only certain things for such a long time. Like a normal person went to school and used it for all these other things that I never did. So I've got like uh, weird pockets that haven't woken up yet. And now I feel like, oh man, there's a lot of people that I, I regret the way I handled things. My temperament, my anger, my... I mean, like snappiness and and you gotta know what the fuck you're talking about and just all the when i think about all the bridges that were maybe not even burnt but just definitely pushed uh, in a way where i'm not trying to be that you know i i just got wrapped up in in being successful and it's still not done one well i've done some work but nowhere near enough work on myself as a person to be in the position of that much power so i feel like I handled things in ways that were, they weren't intentional malicious, but they were, you know, a poorly handled situation several times. And when I look back, I feel sorry for them because when I am angry or when I am, whatever it is I am, I'm in that a hundred percent. And it's not a fucking, I don't think anyone wants to be under my, you know, I mean, like when I'm dark on you, it's not, a, it's not fun and no one deserves it. And, you know, no one, no one that worked for me fucking deserved it anyway. Even with all the raw dog shit, like nobody fucking deserved to be yelled at or it just, and I feel sorry for all that stuff. But I feel like because I was there long enough to see those bridges burn, to understand what's important in life, to be less concerned about being the most famous person in the world, because once again, I realized probably not going to happen. So I had to like, look at myself and be like, do I, what do I, you know, I, once I started to think about, I don't want to be the most famous person in the world, the richest person. I want to be happy. That was my new goal from going to therapy was what if I put all this power towards trying to be a happy person all the time? You know, and that's where I feel like in the last year I've tried to be more spiritual and be at more, be at peace with myself more in day to day, nothing shit, you know? And and I think that it, it was just in time because getting fired, drinking, you know, no drinking, working, eating different, like really have been taking care of myself and seeing things clear. Maybe it's because I microdosed or something. I don't know, but. I just feel like when it hit me, I was like, well, I was definitely in shock for a couple of days, but I don't, I'm not, I'm impressed with myself. I believe that everything's going to be fine. Regardless. I, don't even I couldn't agree more. And I told you that, you know, when I was the, the very first thing I could say to you, and it took me a, a while to even be able to reach out properly. Um, the, all I said was like, 
if you don't feel like talking, I understand it. But when you are, let me know. And I told you, I said, this, you may not be able to even understand this now because the pain is so deep, justifiably. Um, but this is the best thing that ever happened to you. And I genuinely mean that. And what if, for those of you who are listening that aren't familiar with Jason, he had a wildly successful uh, radio show, the Jason Ellis show on Sirius XM. Um, just last week, they Sirius XM canceled the show and Jason, Jason was let go. Um, it really did come out of nowhere, uh, not only to, to Jason and, and the staff, but to the fans, which uh, has pro- Jason's show had probably one of the most passionate fan bases ever of any media uh, entity. And um, so uh, that's that's a giant blow. And I know that everyone in every industry is like, hey, cry me a river. I lost my job too, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. But um, the, 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 the absolute commitment and, and devotion you have to have creatively and just p- from a pure emotional level to get successful in broadcasting, to have that literally yanked out from underneath you, um, it, it's it's devastating because it's not only like, hey, how am I going to put food on the table? It's it's a part of you emotionally and spiritually that that takes a dent. And but there is also a freedom straight away because the more I realize this might not all work out. They're like financially, I might not ever get back to the money that I was making from Sirius. But as a person from what I can tell what I'm about to do and the, and the road that I'm going down, I don't answer to anybody. Right. I am, I am, I can do whatever I want in this. And, and it's all up to the people that I've entertained. There's no middleman. And when I think about all the shit that the obstacles that I had to go through that had nothing to do with radio, like not all the things, the show's great, but you know what? Like just them juggling my shit for 15 years and fucking shaking it up and throwing it everywhere. Like it just seemed like no one was ever eye to eye with me on like, here's what the, the direction it was just, um, you know, and people pretending to be in charge of me. It seemed like it was always somebody, here's what you want to do. And it's like, none of you want to, I mean, I was like, here's what we should do. And nobody ever considered it. I mean, not in, not in writing anyway. I, I just think that this is going to be the beginning of, of the, the actual progression of you professionally and personally, because like you said, now there's literally no restrictions and there's no safety of having a very nice, comfortable paycheck. Yeah. You're, you have taken all that you've learned and all the nobility that you've developed over the last 15 years and you can now combine it with that fire that you had yeah, when, I you like thought, it. when you thought, hey, maybe I can box merch. I hate admitting this, but I, I like it. I feel like um, I don't think about getting cancer or dying of a heart attack anymore. Yeah. Not when I go in the water, I don't care if a shark bites me. Like, yeah. I just want to do really good shows and make sure everybody's st- we're still in the game. And that supersedes fucking everything. Right. Like, I don't, my brain is this. I, it's funny to, for me to realize that there was, just recently, I was like, man, I wonder how many years I have to live, really. You know, and I'd be like, stop thinking like that, Jason. Like, get out there and enjoy your life, you know. But every now and then it would go through there. And now, I'm like, fuck off. Like, it's just I've become so much more realistic, you know. Like, I'm like, no, you're not. And, and, and then I feel like 
I couldn't put my finger on it. I know I've told you. I've told several people, and people have brushed it off. But I felt the show shrinking. I felt something bad happening with the show, like losing popularity. I felt like people were always angry at me for saying something, you know, and never keeping anybody happy. Sirius XM wasn't talk to, talking back to me about, like, I thought I had this idea. I was like, let's stop doing this fucking commercial shit. Like, I told you I didn't want to be on this channel with these fucking idiots. Shouldn't say that, but you know what I mean. I didn't. I they don't fit. Like the only Jim and Sam. I was like, okay, you guys have got a big show, but the other guys they didn't fit. You know what happened to Jude? What happened to this big plan where we were gonna do something different? And then I was like, you guys are the only medium that could do music and no ads. You don't need to do these ads. Like I'll take a pay cut. Is what I was gonna propose to them from getting the ads out of the way because I knew it would make the show easier to listen to. The, the fucking person that pays us the money, but the way they work is everybody's just trying to like, look like they're doing something in front of the other guy. No one's actually trying to come up with a, with a game plan for anybody on there to succeed. It was just right. always like, i got a great idea. Nah, yeah, i got a TV show. No, you can't have it. Remember that? Cause I fucking do yeah. two years. I had a fucking done deal for 200 grand a year. MTV two. No, no, done. Not why? Because they don't like Viacom. That's why. That's why I lost two fucking years of television. And I'm 50. Took that from me. It's it's very strange. And Not bitter at all. <laughs> the, corporate, the corporate collusion with artwork, um, and I know it's crazy to call what we do artwork, but, you know, it, it's something creative to, to be observed. You know, it doesn't serve a function other than being appreciate it. Um, when you tie a corporation to it, it gets weird. And I remember uh, a very, very successful um, producer who worked with Bianca. He once told me, I, he will remain nameless because I don't want to get him in trouble, but he, he once told me, he's like, the problem with the television and the film industry is that there's 20 chicks and dudes who aren't creatives. They just work for the studio or <laughs> And like you said, they're not, their main priority is not make the best product. It is, how can I make me be noticed on this? Yeah. If it means changing the script, if it means yeah. uh, uh, changing the wardrobe, whatever, what can yeah. I do so that I get recognized as having an application yeah. in this? Not and to it, mention managers and agents and all that. Like when I think about this time around, what we're doing, like this guy that I've hired to come in here is teaching Katie how to use the cameras because she's going to be on all four cameras for this fucking show because we're doing this, you know, like, uh, like I don't, I'm all gonna, I got friends that are looking at this contract and then I'll, you know, I got a business manager, obviously, but I've got friends that are not charging me to look at this contract to be like, this is what you want to do. If Brendan Sharp is advising me with the, with the, his, the company that he works for on what I should say to them. Like I have several people that are being my agents and managers that are my friends that I know I don't, I'm not kind of sure. Right. I know that the only thing they're doing this for is because they want to help Jason. That's it. Because he's my friend which as you know, dude, when people do that to me, that's like the most important thing to me in my life. Right. Cause I don't feel like, you know, I'm insecure and shit. I'm like, man, these people actually fucking care enough to help me that much. You know, I'm very lucky person, you know, to have. Yeah, you are. And, and dude, it's real easy to lose sight of that. Um, I, I can't tell you 
that I haven't been in the position where it's like, oh, I don't really have any friends. You know, I'm, I'm alone. And I'm, a, I'm a lone wolf. I'm, I've been there too. But then you like, you just take a step back. And you're like, wait a second. I'm so fortunate to have I know. so many people that care about me. You know, um, I, I am really excited. I mean, I obviously, I, I do hurt for you and I, I don't want to see you or Tully or Kevin Kraft or anyone involved with the Jason Ellis show. I don't want to see you guys, um, struggling in any way and that hurt me but at the same time I'm super excited because I do believe that the future is is far grander than it was in your previous job and it's definitely, it's definitely free it's funny to know that from being a pro skateboarder to learning how to talk to corporate people and uh, you know not say uh, what'd you say cunt do you want me to go over there and punch you in the fucking head? Like, that's what I was going to say to this one dude. I can say it now. There's this dude, Steve Bladder, that, like, it was Will's boss. And I was like, I'll punch him in the head. And, he's, and Will was like, dude, you'll go to jail. Annually fired. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but he's a cunt. Like, I just learned so many things. Took so many fucking, like, just the biggest. Like, I was like, you know what? Okay, just don't just promise me to just not do this one thing. That's all I'm asking. And they put that one, they did that one thing. And I remember thinking, I should have left. I should have, I should have stood up and walked out back then. I should have. But that was, I feel like that was the beginning of the end. Like when I finally took that shit. Right. They just stacked it on that the day after. Like it just, they were like, well, we'll do you one better. They can be in your studio. And I'm like, oh my God, you know what? They want your studio to be empty. Cause it's not like there, it doesn't look like it's there. And I'm like, wow, you guys are taking my fucking skin and putting it over you. Like you're disgusting. Like Ed Gein. It was disgusting. I was so, and now to know that I don't have that, that I don't have anybody telling me to do any, I mean, I talked about Pat and a predator lizard. It's going to attack me again. And this guy's like, awesome. We'll edit it. And you know, there's nothing, no fucking Andrew, you know, it's a good time. Well, I, I am excited about that and to, to, to switch gears and then we'll, we'll circle back and talk about like your future plans professionally too. But I, I've always admired you, uh, very much. I've always admired you. <laughs> yes. Thank you, sir. Um, uh, because, most people, and I and I mean this with the utmost respect. I'm not trying to say anything uh, about your family or your upbringing or your friends growing up that is insulting. I'm simply pointing out the facts that most people who endured the sexual, physical, emotional abuse that you went through as a child, all the way up through young adulthood, um, reenact that in certain ways in their life. And you certainly developed negative traits, whatever you, shortcomings and character flaws from it. But for the entire time I've known you, a little over 12 years, around that or something, you've always been such an intensely sensitive father. Hmm. You've ne you're not the guy who would ever even fucking contemplate hitting your kids or yeah. yelling. At, you know what I'm saying? You're, you, you grew up in a world of 
Oh, I've yelled at him before. Violent people. I don't that's wanna, just I've, not who you are. I've and yelled you, at him before. There was well, everyone. Every parent yells at their kids, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. My point is, is that it's you, different you from us. We're too big. We can't get too angry. Yeah, I agree. I swear, like it's not appropriate for dads that are bigger to be like to look like they're angry. Like you can raise your voice, but you can't get mad. You look, I look crazy. You're like my kids when they're little, they didn't deserve me going. What? Come here. Like I, I can't. Do it, but I remember him scaring me, so that made it easier to not do, you know. And and you just you're you're that guy, and I'm sure. Look, in your early twenties, when you were going around with your bandana and your gold chains and stuff, I'm sure there was a Jason that was looking to pick a fight. But that really, not really, that wasn't you exactly. Like I never and, was and, looking to pick a fight. And never. think about like the upbringing, the environment that you came up in, and and for you to, at such an early age, be able to get away from it and say like, no, actually. I don't want anything to do with that, as opposed to saying I'm going to now project this onto the world. Um, it's it's really, really admirable, and I've always, always uh, looked up to you because of your ability to do that. Yeah, I talked about that. I just did a podcast, Awesome World, with Jason Ellis. You should check it out. It's pretty hey, good. Yes. But I talked about that exact thing where, because being fired, too, I thought the same thing. There's, like, a part of me that's, like... Uh, you know, if you beat a puppy, you know, I mean, you fuck with him, you can break him, you know? And I feel like at one point I was like that as a, as a kid, they kind of broke me and I was just scared and untrustworthy of everybody. And it's taken a long time for me to get my confidence back in it. But when you get it back in one, in one facet, then it, you can same as skateboarding. You just apply it to everything else. So to me, I got my confidence back, like this whole, it's a weird it's a weird thing to be fired and to be more confident than you were before you were fired mm-hmm. is a is a is a weird thing but i also it's not a fluke thing it's not an imaginary fantasy tale like i know i've been in places before where i knew there was a certain level of skateboarding that i needed to achieve to go where i wanted to go and i knew i was going to get there right and then i got there that's what i feel like when it comes to this i feel like a new appreciation, a new appreciation for my freedom, a new appreciation for uh, the day and a chance to fucking do something with it. You know, there's like a repetitive thing at one point where I felt like I was maybe getting sick of it. You know, I was like, man, I'm just here all the time taking shit from the man all the time because that's the difference. Somehow, man, like you said, these people were involved all the time, slowing us down from doing shit. I don't know how the fuck they did it. It's a full-time job. <laughs> Fucking with you is a full-time job. I swear, man. It just seemed like if I brought something up, it'd be like, well, uh, you know, the thing is, and I'm like, man, I just learned to not bring it up, you know? Man. Um, one of the large aspects of that I think makes people so passionate about you and your shows is that it's crazy and it's funny, but it's also you help people. I mean, you get so many emails and DMS and tweets and things about people who are struggling with certain issues. And they're, they're like, thank you for being you because now I can go on. And it's, it's one of the strangest things that has, I've been able to witness, like, I don't know much, but from just, I'm 41 now. And what I've learned at age 41 is this. The people that are most adept at dealing with stress and trauma 
are the people who are least likely to open up about it. Right. And, you know, you know, when you're talking about like military or single moms or, or, or RNs or, you know, you go people who can, can have been pounded and have been able to get back up off the canvas and, and put their fucking dukes up again. These are the people who are least likely to then confront those, the, 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 the fallout from those things. And so when guys, especially see you super tough, super macho, super, you know, tattoos on your fucking head, doing crazy stunts. And you're like, Oh yeah. And I'm by, and I was molested and I'm going to be totally open about it. it gives, it's a ray of light. Uh, don't mind my new 80 pound puppy. Who's <laughs> trying to get her. She's trying to do what producers do and get to get her name all over the show. Um, but it's a ray of light for, for a lot of those people who are out there who are like, yeah, I'm fucking internally, I'm boiling and I just don't know how to talk about it or how to open up about it. You know, the more I think about all this stuff, I feel like there's, I'm starting to find like the things that have happened to people in their childhood and the, and the bad things that go with life, like a certain way to believe a mindset that you believe in if you figure that mindset out and you believe in it, that's the most important part. Like you have to believe in what you're doing. Like if you think it's like, I don't know, like, well then what the fuck the fuck. But if I just felt like there was times where I was, you know, the, like you said, like you get hit and you come back up. Well, you get back up because you've got rage yeah. and you've, you've been so, so in a way when people are damaged and they have all this rage, like, to me, if you find a way to channel the good part of that rage, it's a gift. You know, like if you hurt me in a boxing fight and it's a real boxing fight and I'm still there, I'm never giving up ever right. because I've, I, you don't scare me. Like I don't, your pain that you're going to give me, like all the worst fears of my life doesn't, I've had it in a minute. And you know what? And I'm fucking really pissed that it happened. And and if and 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 I've learned from skateboarding, like if you're really scared, if you're really fucking angry, you're not scared, right? Like, and it's a fine line, but that just like going to the gym and being a fucking mixed martial artist, you practice it. You practice how to turn on the fucking rage in a way that is for the good. You know what I mean? Like, how do I get better at something? Like, if I can't make it, I can't make it. Like, I'm the king of fucking fuck, fuck, and then I'll go. Wait a minute. Cause I know that the, the freak out doesn't get you what you want, right. but it's, and it has to be an initial snap, a snap. And then I go, and then I go inside my head and I go, listen, motherfucker. Like, you know what I mean? Like wake the fuck up and do it. Like your fucking life depended on it. Right. Because of- I, I've always said, it's like, um, you know, uh, here in California, but when it's fire season, the firefighters actually go up and start fires to clear out the brush to prevent bigger one yeah, yeah i've always said that 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 rage that internal passion it's like fire where if you can learn how to control it and use it to control right. the, the the fires um it's amazing but it's so quick it's so easy to let that fire get out of control and now you're an arsonist you know yeah i mean if you've you've got this power inside you that it's a power yeah. you know and if, and if you don't control it when you're using it you know, it's, you get in all kinds of trouble, but, but that's what I'm, but that's, but that's almost like this, the scout of the world don't realize the gift that they've got. 
because they'll do it in a negative way. Like, you know, you just, you run from it. You'll, you know, use drugs, alcohol, whatever, be mean to people to make yourself feel better, whatever it is that you're doing, instead of facing it, accepting it, and then channeling it. Right. Right. It's, it's, it's very strange because, you know, as much work as I've done on myself and, and as much work as you've done on yourself, it's like you, you recognize things and you learn and you grow and you move on. But also, I'm still hit with the same feelings and thoughts over and over again, too. Like, it, in many ways, I've, I've changed so much and I've grown. But in many ways, man, I'm still dealing with the internal conflict, the same one that I had when I was six years old. You know, it's the same feeling of insecurity or fear or whatever, you know, or anger. It doesn't go away. Yeah. You just work on how to deal with it better. Right. Kind of like being an addict. Like, some people never do it again, but it's still in there waiting. Right. Like, you know, you might oh, be you have to tell me, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, honestly, though, it, uh, I, I, as much as you can talk about, I don't know how much you can or can't talk about, but like what are, what can people look out for now? What are, what is the next step for Jason? Owen? Well, I haven't signed the, the deal or anything, but I think, you know, I talked to Tully yesterday and uh, I think our best, uh, run at it would be to go through Ben and Brennan Sharp's podcast people cast mm-hmm. media because they you know they they handle the production editing and promotion and cross promotion um so it's our best foot in the door of um with the cool kids you know yeah and, and that is it's a it's they get people like you they're not going to step in with the you know what you really should hold back on the, that talk and do more of this talk. I mean, oh, they, they're not, they're not involved in any of that. This is right. us. This is true. It's totally us. So, and that would be one show a week. Um, because that's what those guys do. Mm-hmm. And it would depend on, he said it would depend on if people start, because I guess they have these ways of analyzing how many people listen when they, when they do how long, cause they'll be like, they'll be able to tell me specifically what is the num the max the best time for me? Like instead of not I'm trying to shit on Sirius Sirius XM, but they're trying to do something with each show to make that show as successful as possible. Sure, and they have like people working as, as a team that work around the clock, figuring out where your show goes, ads go, who would want to like do ads on yours, and it would, demographics, how long it would go, how many would you do a week, all that stuff. So in the in, at first it'll be one. And then we'll, because all the studio is getting uh, people come in tomorrow and they work on it until Monday. So Monday, the studio will be up with the four cameras and all this other stuff. So I can do live shows on Patreon. So I guess I will uh, do the Jason L show from my Patreon. Cause I know Tully's got a Patreon and Kevin's got a Patreon. So I'll have my one. We'll have the podcast for free. Then we'll have the Patreon where we'll probably do two shows at first. Mm-hmm. And that really depends on, once again, everybody. Like, if everybody uh, subscribes to my Patreon and then everyone goes, man, only two shows? You know, like, everybody wants four. Like, then, sure, great. But I have no problem doing the work. Um, Well, I I can't encourage people enough to go and follow you and and invest in you in any way, shape, or form. Um, You know you can always count on me for whatever, to be a part of it, to help, to promote, to do whatever. Um, well, I feel like you def- – I would definitely love to have you, Dingo, and Jamie 
on the show, you're the show. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, and, you, know, you can always count me in. Yeah, we'll um, go, you fools. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'll let you go, man. But I. Well, there's another show that I'm going to be doing. Oh yes, please. With somebody else who's really good at skateboarding. Ah. Oh. Yeah. So uh, I'm in the middle of making that one happen. Avril right Lavigne. Amazing. Yeah. I can't wait for the Avril and Jason show. I'm going to call it the skater boy and the skater girl. <laughs> um, no, that's exciting. I, I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to it. And I know you got to play. Skater girl and the kid. Sorry. Skater boy and the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Skater boy and the kid is pretty. Skater boy love sponge. Ooh, we would be huge. <laughs> Ever Levine, Bubba the Love Sponge, and Jason Ellis on the same show. Think about it. Say say what you want. I'd listen to every episode. We, sh- we could shock her puss. <laughs> I'd watch that. I'd listen to that. Me I'd, too. I would. I would pay Patreon money. <laughs> Me um, too. Uh, but you know, I I I I care for you deeply, man. I love you, and uh, like I said, I I certainly don't like to see you suffer and I'm, I'm i feel for you but at the same time i genuinely believe that this is just the beginning of what is re- what you're really meant to be yeah yeah i think you're right too i mean i don't think it i know it you know it you know it thank you buddy love you dude there it is fool jason ellis love that man um there are new jason ellis podcasts available right now the Jason Ellis Show in its new format will be coming your way. The Awesome World Podcast. It is available for you right now. Two episodes in as of the recording of this podcast. Um, so check it out. Awesome World with Jason Ellis. And then, uh, of course, on the social media, which Jason destroys. Uh, and I mean that in a good way. He is on fire on that there Instagram. He is at Wolfmate on Instagram. Awesome World, the podcast. At Wolfmate, the Instagram. The Twitter. The Twitter. If you're a South Park fan, it is, of course, Shitta. Um, he is, let me see here. I could have done this in advance. He is at Ellismate. Okay. At Wolfmate on Instagram, at EllisMate, E-L-L-I-S, Mate, on uh, Twitter and Awesome World and everything going on. Keep your eyes and ears open for the second coming, the better coming of the Jason Ellis Show with Mike Tully and, of course, Kevin Kraft, uh, former guest of Mikey Likes You, Kevin Kraft. Remember, in this crazy mixed-up world, that makes you think that nobody cares. I do. Be good, people. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.